Kelly's there on the wing, does well, brings it to ground. Stringer wants the hand pass, they give it to him. He's getting really involved, he goes to barrel! Jakey Stringer's pulled out the extra Sunday barrel! And he's nailed it from 60! Jake's got four! And that's one of the... Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes that have known each other forever who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD for lunch to talk everything Essendon Footy Club. My name is Grant and with me is Scott. Hello everyone, good to be back. Uh, the boys have got a, another win on the board. Uh, that's three out of four. Uh, so yes, uh, the opposition are, are kind of teams that are around us, uh, yep. but you can only win what you can win. Exactly right. uh, so, and you know, it's, it's better than... To beat the teams around you than not, because it tells you that maybe you're passing some of those teams. I was just going to so, say, maybe, maybe you're moving up the ladder a little smidge. So, yeah, really good really good result. Uh, probably should have won probably by four or five more goals. Oh, more than that <laughs> even, really. It was abysmal. 11-22, man. Like, if five or eight of those had been goals, we would have won by 10 goals. Anyway. Yeah, I I mean, probably the positive is is 33 shots on goal, isn't it? I mean, you've, you've got Wiedemann out and the... Early in the game. Jones not having many shots at goal and then And you got no Peter Wright. Yeah. No Waller. No and so and you've your system I'll say has generated thirty three shots on shots goal. Shots on so, goal. So that's a huge positive. Obviously, a massive positive too is that uh, the opposition after four rounds are just uh, just averaging seventy eight points. So, uh, again, yes, understanding the opposition, but you can only do what you can. Again, you yeah. can only do what you can do. Yep. And, uh, and you know, the thing is, Himmelberg and Hogan and and whoever the hell else they had down there, they they're okay. Like you, you got to you got to play those boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you got to play those boys. So the the defense is growing. The midfield is doing their job to stop the ball from just being placed in there willy nilly. And yeah, like you said, we're averaging seven. 78 points. You, you said before the game, um, if at the start of the season you could win a bet and just say the opposition wouldn't score more than 78 or average more than 78 in our first four games, you'd take that. Yeah. Every we, day you, of the week, right? You would think exactly that. We're, yeah. we're going to be 3-1 and one or 4-0. and zero. Absolutely, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's really positive. Uh, obviously, a, a massive test comes in the next month, but yeah. I, I think the plays will embrace to bring it on and, you know, there's going to be some losses uh, and I'm not being doomsday, but there's some teams that are, are very, very good. But can we, you know, it would be great to sneak a win or two and, and, and but, you know, just continue on with I, what I think is a pretty consistent effort and brand of footy that's starting to develop except in the for, club. Except for one quarter. <laughs> so, yeah, we are, except for one we are the one quarter. Uh, yes. uh, but, uh, but we, we find something new every quarter. It's better than the three quarters last year. Exactly. So right, we've yes. improved by about 60%. So, yep. But the, in all seriousness, though, even some of them have been, you know, turnovers. And, and I've never really felt like um, there's been a massive effort drop-off in any of those. There's been concentration or there's been, you know, start of games where we just haven't switched defensively in our new system and it's it's taken to quarter time for us to to 
quickly get around head around it and yeah. then, and I mean, then the do coaches it. and the other the encouraging thing for me is that it's it's easily or what would appear to be easily fixable in a quarter break. Yeah. You can see the coaches must come up to them and went, guys, here's the, here's the points. Here's what you're not doing. Remember we said we were going to do this and you haven't done it. Now switch back to what we were talking about. You've got to make this and you've got to make that. And then they go out and make those changes and, and perform for the rest of the game. Yeah, I think defensively is where I've been really, really uh, happy. Uh, it's it's not all perfect, but it's 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 a very big improvement. I mean, when you hear, say, like the, the, the Giants had – 53 defensive, uh, uh, I guess, inside 50, our inside 50 chain. So from rebounding uh, 50, only nine of them actually turned into their forward 50 entries with just a single behind uh, as the result. So, and then with us, you know, we scored 30 more points from intercept possessions. So, uh, so it's all those kind of metrics, uh, you know, are very, very positive. And and yes, I, I can see some stats where they're saying between the 50 arcs that we're still ranked in a slightly lower as far as uh, chains of ball movement. But when you deep dive into that kind of analysis, you can also see that there's a lot of pressure coming from the kicker into their, into the, the back six and that's helping out the back six a heck of a lot. Yeah. So, uh, so we're, I think we're in the top six as far as the, the back six, as far as defensive efforts and, you know, the Zerk Thatchers and Ridleys and, and Kelly's and, that, and Redmond's all playing great, great footy, yeah. but it's also Though this sometimes champion data can lie a bit because it, it can it can Lies. feed off one report, but it's not counting on the pressure of the of the ball use of the the guy who's using the ball coming into our fifty. Uh, there may have been two or three chains that we've allowed, or, or our systems has, has been have been zoning, um, but we're still putting a lot of pressure as the ball's coming in, and and so I. I for a club that's having a work in progress on their defensive schemes, I think there's been a lot of encouragement. Uh, and, you know, no doubt still, you know, obviously still work to do, but you've seen enough to know it's a, a deep-rooted culture for a long time is slowly t- – t- well, actually, probably quite quickly. It's, tur- it's turning, yeah, it's turning around uh, and we're starting to see a professional outfit, dare I say it. And, and the people that are down there, the real, the real thing for me, and I'd, I've always had faith in it, but and, and you can't have faith in the likes of BZT because he's just turned into an incredible footballer. But the, the personnel we've got down there is enough. It's well and truly enough. Kelly is is a great player. I, I, Kelly has flaws, as does every AFL footballer, right? And his disposal with the ball, I still don't see it that much, but apparently his disposal is a bit slow and he stuff. He definitely and doesn't have a flaw in attitude. <laughs> that's it. And he's he's an incre- incredible addition to that back line. Um, BZT is now officially our anchor down there. He's he's brilliant. Um, but I think the personnel... The personnel with the effort that they're showing and the way the midfield's helping them now, it's just clear to me that the 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 Essendon midfield, sorry, the Essendon backline, sorry, has the required amount of cattle in it to make it a very good side. So I I don't know. I mean, Reed Reed might come in and play down there. You never know. Jimmy Stewart might get some minutes down there as well. But that backline is damn solid. Yeah, it's it's performing really well, and 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 they you know when you're looking at the Kellys and the BCTs, they. Uh, they have a really good um, – even if they do a mistake, they actually have a unique ability to win the ball back, uh, such as their effort and their fight. So uh, I think it's, you know, 
It's working very well as a back six. Uh, I think McGrath's gone a little bit underrated defensively too, so I think he's, he's having a good year. I mean, Mason Redmond after probably quarter time or half time was just absolutely back, back dynamic. Back to his Mason Redmond, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, he was absolutely sensational uh, in that game and did his traditional 55-metre bomb. Uh, yep. gave the double, the double uh, I don't know what it is, the double, the, the double horns. Yeah, I think he's in our top seven or eight in goal kickers. For the Which year. is great from the back line. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, so, look, there's a lot of positive signs and, um, uh, you know, why we're no doubt a work in progress and you can feel it. Like you you do know, yeah, like I just generally feel like, you know, some of these hard games coming up, yeah, we're going to fall short. We're just not there yet. But they're, they're building something that's going to be sustainable for the longer term. That's what I generally feel. So, and that's what I've been wanting for ages Reckon, reckon Scotty would be good to hear. The Scott would be Brad Scott uh, would be uh, very happy to hear you say that. Yeah, because that's the message that he's been saying since day one: is that we're gonna, we're not building for the short term. We're building for the long term. Um, and he's avoided using "come along the journey" and all that sort of crap. <laughs> but um, it, we're building. It's very clear. And I, I reckon, as a fan, that that's one of the things for me that I, I've got to give all the praise to the club about is that. At the start of start of Chuck's tenure, he said we were going to be a blue-collar working team and we're going to work hard and blue-collar and all that sort of stuff. And then we weren't. Yeah. And we, we just – we weren't. We were nothing like that. So you go, okay, maybe it was a little bit of hyperbole. Maybe it was just a bit of a, a rev up to, to the media to say we're going to be blue-collar and stuff. But as a fan, I believed you. I thought we were going to be the down and dirty – Blue collar club, right? The opposite, yeah. But we were the op. We just weren't. So you go. Well, why did he say that if we weren't? Now Brad's come out, and as it is with all head coaches, he has to make big bold statements like that as to what he believes his club and the way he coaches it's going to be. And all credit to Brad, if you're listening, I know you're listening, mate. Um, Brad and the club that what they've said off the field they're going to do. It's evident that they're doing it on the field. Is it working for four quarters yet? No. But are the, can you see it as a supporter? Absolutely. And I think as a supporter, that's all you can ask for, that you can see the forward progression starting. It's only four games um, long, but you can start to see it, and that's great. And your sense truck obviously was very authentic when he wanted that, but you can see maybe – and I'm trying not to put him down, but maybe just the the, the – the, the lack of experience in senior coach to a guy who's very experienced, you start to see just the system and the message putting in place where the, the guys last year seemed a bit confused uh, when he was trying to develop a defensive system. But you could tell, like I saw it in the preseason, it was it was number one priority. So uh, Chuck had the right approach. He was trying to do the same thing. Yeah. For some reason, the system that he was putting in place and the message just couldn't get across. Yep. Um, you just... Scott seems to have a way that when he talks that's very simple uh, and go to very basics and, and and understand each player's strengths and weaknesses and puts him in the right position uh, and, and works on that. And, and that all kind of clicks more. Like we're just better positioned over the ground. We just go, oh, that's what it looks like when just people look up and they have to stop and they have to kick sideways and then they kick is, sideways again. And you're is, like, it okay, is it okay to say – the, the boys are being better coached. Oh, is yeah. it okay? It has to come to that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, and, and it's, yeah, it's it, not a horrible thing, but they are being better. Well, 
Uh, and coached. If, look, if Chuck coached again, he's probably going to be a much better coach for uh, it. For the experience. Yeah, yeah. Brad Scott said he is. Yeah. Like he said it a dozen times. He said the 10 years that I spent at North and the time that I've spent away from the club has made me a much better coach. Now, I don't suppose that every AFL coach, the likes of Clarko and Sheeds and all that sort of stuff, need to fail or not fail or need to have that bad experience and come back to be a better coach, right? But um, look at Voss at Carlton and, and all of these places. So the experience of that has made uh, Brad a what appears to be a very good coach. Um, and I'm, I just love the message, the calm, authoritative way he says what he says, and then you can see it. Like that's yeah. that's that can sustain an Essendon supporter for a good long period of time. The period of time that we know it's going to take for us to start being seriously considered as a as a flag favourite, that consistency of effort and consistency of message to be able to see it out there is worth its weight in gold. And look, a good example of that is uh, after the game. You know they were talking about Patrick Voss, uh, and uh, so. Obviously, there's been, you know, on this show, we're saying, hey, bring Vossi in. I don't realise that. Uh, but to hear Scott talk about that, be asked about it, just the way he talks through the process, um, I think it would make sense to the player and it should make sense to the fans. So look, I thought, you know, I'll play a little soundbite, but I thought this was this was um, really impressive um, on just how he – the question was asked, basically. Uh, this is post-game, is it? Yeah, Ronnie yeah. Luna actually asked him. <laughs> Good friend of the show. Uh, you know, is you know, Wiedemann's obviously got injured, the concussion. Uh, is it time for Vossi to come in? And here's, here's what his response was. Yeah, he, he, I think he, he had another five shots of goal today, um, kick one. Um, yeah, so he, he'll be in calculations. But again, Vossi, Vossi's doing a lot of things really, really well, and, he, and the trajectory he's on is is a good one. But yeah, you know, we we just don't with our young players. We don't want to bring them in. Now we may be forced to at different stages, but ideally we want to bring him in when we feel like he can be, you know, he can fit into our side and stay there. And and right at the moment he's got a couple of little things that that we want to work through. But you know, he, he'll be he's doing all the right things and. Um, He's just got to keep holding up his end of the bargain and be ready when his opportunity comes because, you know, he, we really want him to take it. And that makes perfect sense to me. Like when I hear that, I go, I understand that. And, I, I and if you're Patrick Voss, you'd do the same thing. You yeah, understand. Because yeah. he's telling you you're not far away. A uh, couple of little things. And like just as an example, like every game probably last year and his first – three or four games this year, he played more deep forward, right? He was a yeah. full forward. Yeah. Uh, and then they, you know, they changed things up this week and they said, you know, they put him on the, almost the Harry Jones role. So you, you go up to the wing, you help us out, we need a marking target. If, even if we're kicking out from a point, try and help us out, play up, play further up the ground, see what you can do. I thought he played it quite well. Huh? Uh, he still ended up, I know Scotty said five shots on goal, but uh one of them went out in the fall. Yeah, didn't have his kicking boot on, um, it which, was is, which is rare it was for him. It was as hell, right? Yeah, it was, a, it was a shocking ground. Yeah. Uh, it was a very patchy ground, but uh, he had six shots on goal. So he still did. He had five tackles. He still was a presence around the ground, uh, and that, that would be a massive positive a lot for of them. Like, did he take the? I think he marks? took six marks, um, all, all pretty strong marks. Like, they were actually kind of really yeah. good marks. Uh uh, he, you know, he, he decked a few guys, and and they're this. <laughs> I wonder if that's one of the things that um, the <laughs> yes. club want him to work on, not threatening to punch holes in people. <laughs> yeah, he, he he did actually. He should have been seven shots on goal because he did have a free kick uh, kick to him, and um, 
and he decided the guy who chopped his arm that he would deck him to the ground. Uh, yeah, but now the guy obviously staged a bit and flopped, but but you know it was really uh, after about twenty seconds for some reason the the other umpire actually then decided to turn it over, you know, to to take the ball off Vossi. So he should have had seven shots on goal actually, but yeah, um, they, they but they're, they're the little things. He's nineteen, raw from a rugby background, plays yes. with anger. Uh, so even with the rugby background, he's still developing. I understand what the club's saying is like. You know, the idea is that when he starts, he's in. Like it's it's not just a, you know, we've we've had those podcasts about the parish and the Langford in and out, in yep. and out, in yep, and yep, out, yep. in and out, and weren't you know, and in and out in different positions in the positions they're not even good at. Uh. Um, and so this is a much better philosophy. I'm going to put him in the position. I think I two positions, deep forward and half forward. I'll play in those two different roles. So a Whedon when all Jones get injured. He can come in and play both those roles, not just the one, uh, and not you know just be bogged down the full forward and 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 create less room for Stringer, make a headache or anything like that. Uh, so I, I I really appreciate that, and you know it, it's forecast for for heavy rain on Saturday for Adelaide, so they may go just with the Jones and the and yeah. the Draper forward. Uh, and the stringer and, and move Langford to half forward. They may go with that approach uh, just because of the weather. So very big tactical with Lever and May, how they do that. That would be very interesting what they what they head well, is. Well, making, making, the, making the players more mobile yeah, would yeah, be good. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got to try and you got to try and take them out of their comfort zone because they, they've got a history of rebounding pretty heavy against us and torching us. So, but yeah. Uh, I don't want to get too much off point, but the, uh, that philosophy and, and that refreshing way of looking at uh, how the club want to do things moving forward, I'm really, really appreciative of. Inconsistency. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we're not we're not going over gloating and, <coughs> you know, we're 3-1. and I think we're just Sorry, enjoying yes. being 3-1 and, and and seeing better signs. We fully are both, you know, we talk about a lot. We're both, both fully realist realistic in that the next month is, you know, like we said before, there's going to be, it's going to be some tough games and, you know, there may be a game where we get blown out or, or you know, so there's some very, very good opposition coming yeah. up. Like uh, one of them's this week. Yeah, yeah. Like Melbourne. One <laughs> yeah, of them's yeah. this week. And absolutely. Do. Like if you watch them against the Eagles, they were just robot form. Like just, uh, it was just an absolute. Oliver. Yeah, yeah. Man, don't worry about. I mean, don't even worry about Petrarca and the like. Man, Oliver, <laughs> he's in Lever, unbelievable form. Yeah, yeah Oliver, Lever, and May. Like Lever and May, the, I have the utmost respect for those two dudes because one time Scotty and I watched Essendon v Melbourne from very close to the. Um, well, we were in the, pretty much in the cheer squad. The well, yeah, squad, pretty yeah. much in the Essendon cheer squad, and we watched. We were very close, and just watched May and Lever the timing with which they crash packs and know when to leave their man and, yeah. and crash packs. If that ball comes in any higher than than Peter Wright's head, right, if it comes in high, those guys are going to smash it, right? Yeah, yeah. And if it comes to a pack, those guys are going to smash it. So separation and moving May and Lever the hell away from each other is going to be incredibly hard. So you're right, do you put... Paddy Voss in <laughs> and just deck one. Do <laughs> you put Paddy Voss in and tell him to run through Stephen May? No, um, but you, you put him in. I, I was calling for him. The, the the release the Voss. It's enough time, man. The the very player in the position that he plays has is down and out for two weeks. Well, we said I, I think he's more of a better fit with Wiedemann out. So if they're going to play him, I think the him for Wiedemann actually seems a more 
doable yeah. exercise. Now, the weather and that, who knows? But yeah. look, I, I'm just I'm more just meaning it. I'm not as if they want him to to develop him more in the next couple of weeks. And they're not going to rush him. So be it. They're, uh, they've got the intel. They know his weaknesses. Yeah, they've of got, course. They've got yeah. all the video footage of behind the scenes in VFL and what's he, is he chasing hard? And I'm saying he's yeah. not, but just they've got all those details. So, yeah, the club's in – feels like – and I'll, I'll talk about a little bit more um, in, in our next segment. The, but the club's in very, very good hands with with Brad Scott so far yeah. and he's becoming a real leader. We're going to do a bit of a, a bit of a focus. We'll, we'll go through some stats and stuff on the game and, and we'll absolutely still do that. But Scotty and I were just thinking um, we need a little bit of a focus on the club a bit more on this one with a few more clips and a bit of discussion about the club. Yeah, so um, yeah. So look, we'll, we'll go to a break. Uh, we'll come up, we'll talk a little bit more about the game and, and the players that we did well and then we'll, we may even just do a quick break then again and, and just talk for 10 minutes about sure. where the club is and uh, – We'll go from there. So, uh, and it helps if I actually get the uh, the music lined up. So, uh, I, I think I'll Essen and football. Hey. hey, there we go. Strike. That's the uh, two strike. <laughs> three. No, he's hit it out of the park. Professional. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, the super professional podcast. Yes. Now then. And it's <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh. Scotty looking at me doing the welcome back. And he didn't do it. <laughs> ah, that's made me laugh. That's good. <laughs> Thank you, Scotty. Do you want to do it again? Like, do you want to do the whole break thing again and we'll come back? <laughs> no, or? I don't really. No, okay, good, right. No, uh, now then, what were we going to talk about? <laughs> So look, uh, look. We'll just <laughs> we'll talk about the players. Yeah. Uh, we won't go through all the names. Like, no, we'll, uh, uh, let's go through who played well. I'm not going to go from disposals like we normally do. I'm yep. just going to go people who I just thought played well. I'm going to give my first credit to Dylan Shield uh, again, and the whole year today. I think he's been. Very very impressive. Um, probably a leading goal kicker from the midfield, which I yep. wasn't. Couldn't expect that. No. Yeah, wasn't planning. Nah. Uh, uh, but he's just been clean with the ball. His second efforts have improved out of sight. Uh, so a big appreciation shout out to Dylan Shion, uh and how he's performing. Mine. I mean, the obvious ones are there, but I want to. I want to call out Nick Martin. Oh yeah, how can you not? Yeah. Just consistently. In the twenties, in his possessions, if there is a bloke that I reckon, if the coaching staff could say, "What does what does doing your job look like? Like, what is here's here's the task? Here's what we want you to do. If you can do it to that degree, then we'll be a successful club." Nick Martin is it? Is he going to kick you eight goals a game like Jakey and turn it on its ear and kick a barrel from fifty? No, but. Does he do absolutely everything pretty much perfect? Yes. He's passing. Some of his passes. There was one pass, which I know Stringer <laughs> ended up dropping it, and um, but it was such an impressive 45, 50-metre pass. It was just, yeah, it was actually exquisite. exquisite. And I was and, like, yeah. Was- and the, the, reason why, the reason why I call him out is that 
for many, many moons I've said on this podcast, if you've got your midfielders, Parish, Merritt and Shield, all into the high 20s, and that's good. You need that to be successful, to have your hands on the ball. But when you have the likes of Redmond, Martin, Ridley, Setterfield, McGrath, and then Heppel at 19, when you have all of those guys that I've just mentioned into the 20s, in your possession, get in your possessions, then you're in a much, much better place. Whereas if you've got uh, Parish Merritt and Shield doing really well, and then nobody, like everybody else is 10 to 15 to 18 possessions, then the rest of the team aren't picking up the slack. And Nick Martin is at the top of that every week. He he picks up the slack and does what's required of the next tier mm. of footballers brilliantly every week. Love him. And two goals. So he's 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 such a. Two goals, one. I mean, what else do you ask for from the man, seriously? Yeah, and look, <coughs> shout out, uh, Sorry, you know, shout out to Jakey Stringer. Ten shots on goal. That's <laughs> Talk about the second second week uh, upgrade. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you what, that's that's the old package that I honestly I thought, I wonder if he's still capable of that. Do you know what? I know this sounds funny. I still feel like his movement could go up another 10 20%, but his talent just, I just yeah. <laughs> I don't care. Honestly... People complain about Jakey having a pot and not being super fit. I don't care, man. Dean Rioli was never fit. End of story. He was never fit. But he had more talent in his little finger than half the team had, right? Jake, Just let Jakey be Jakey, right? I swear, if he had kicked that barrel out of bounds on the full, no one would have said a word. There's one player and one player only in that team <laughs> that, that has the license to kick a barrel on a 20-degree angle <laughs> from outside 50, and it's Jake Stringer. Why? Because I swear he'll put that through six times out of ten. A barrel from outside 50. <laughs> it's just that is worth the price of admission. Um, when he's up and about, the AFL must just love it because there's not many better, not many better that I've seen in the last 20 years, in my opinion, when he's playing like that. Yeah, he was obviously fantastic and uh, used, his, used his body well in some marking contests and just, yeah, he was, you know, 10 shots on goal. That's just... That's awesome. That's very, very... You'd be packing if you were one-on-one with, with Jake Stringer, wouldn't you? And he's, Like, yeah. you'd be worried as, because he's good with the body, good on the ground. If he gets a boot to it, invariably it's going through. Geez, you'd be worried if you were one-on-one with Jakey. Yeah, I mean, the, the only saving grace with GRS is four goals, six, right? It's just, oh, it's just, he just had a, a very rare off. It could have been eight goals, like yeah, eight really more goals. really could have been seven or eight goals. Yeah. So, uh, I, I'm going to shout out one guy, and, like, he was solid this game, but what a year he's had. He's averaging 24 disposals. He's averaging six and a half tackles and six and a half marks from the midfield, Will Setterfield. He's... An enormous pickup for this club. Huge. Uh, the strength of his tackling, like his tackling is so strong. I know, he's very good. Uh, but they have that ability for us to have a guy that tall around the midfield that can bail us out with some marks. It's just a godsend. And then just, yeah, it's exactly what we've been crying out for. And people learn, know that he's there too now yeah. because of the tackling. They, they're looking for him. I mean, seriously, he's playing like the guy – Everyone thought would be drafted at, at pick. Essendon wanted him. Dodoro wanted him for this picks. very reason. Yeah, he, he's not playing anywhere near like the level was at Carlton. Like it's gone up two cogs yeah. for me. It's just I'm genuinely surprised. I was when we picked him up and went, oh, okay. I, you know, let's hope he can help out. I thought he'll play quite a bit of VFL. I know that sounds bad. Yeah. I'm in complete, utter, happy shock at the level he is playing because. 
you know, just to have him against an Oliver this week or something like that, or just have that strength around the footy and yep. go, great, boy, do we need that. And just balance out that midfield so much better. Uh, yeah, so a, a big shout-out to, to Will. Um, my next one to shout-out is um, Jake Kelly. I, I think he's I've, – I've been a massive Jake Kelly fan since the moment he walked in the door. He has the ability to play big, small. He's strong. He's effective. I like his left boot, man. And he is consistently playing for our club at a high level. We asked him, and especially last year, I mean, the man played on the monster from Port Adelaide, whatever he's... Oh, when he huge, played on Dixon for a yeah, quarter, yeah. Yeah, huge heed that the guy's got. Dixon, like he played on Dixon, for goodness sake. He shouldn't be anywhere near the man. But he played on him, and then we asked him to play on Charlie Cameron. And we asked that man to do a lot. And every week he tries his heart out. And this this year, because the midfield is not under so much pressure and not being weirdly coached or whatever it is, he's got the ability to play on the guys that he should be playing on and he's showing you how good of a footballer he is. Um, yeah. 17 touches, 88%. How many marks is that? I think it's... Three. Four. Oh, yeah, yeah, four. Four marks. So, look, I, I, I just think he's performing at a very high level for us at the moment and it's incredibly helpful down back. One guy I'm going to mention who I normally call him two goal, two goals. Two goals. Um, oh, two goals. Uh that for a small forward who didn't kick a goal, that was one of the better games from a small forward yeah. you'll see in Joy Menzi. Uh, he was fourth in contested disposal. Uh, wow. So he had, he had midfield of kind of contested footy numbers. So uh, uh, just a huge game. In the clinches, a lot of tough work. He did those little plays that you'd have to watch again, but just kept the ball alive so many times for us. Didn't panic? Yeah. Just waited that extra fraction of a second to get rid of it? Uh, I was really, really impressed uh, at him getting further up the ground, helping us out. Uh, looked a bit midfieldish at some times, which is really pleasing because, he, I mean, he even on the show, not to brag, but yeah. when he was... Oh, no, 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 brag. <laughs> That's okay. We had John Menzies on the show, mate. We can brag. Yeah, when Jai was when on the we, show. When we had Jai on the show, absolutely. He talked about that his junior career, he played midfield and it's still something that he thinks he can play. So, And you can see it. like the t- When he's in and under, you yeah. can see it. When you you know have sixty percent of his possessions being contested, you go well. That's that's exactly that's it. What we want, right? Uh, so yeah, I, I was really really impressed. And and you know, I don't know if you're going to mention him, but you got to give a shout out to the skipper, uh, the ex skipper. Uh, oh, the ex skipper, Dyson I mean, we, Happel. We, we, absolutely, uh, we can go there. It's we we put our hand up at the podcast. I will put my hand up squarely in the air. Both will, yeah, yeah, to say that. We he, thought it was time. We to thought it was time, man. He he was not playing well at all, right? And he's had three games, and all three of them weren't special, right, at all. And by his own self admission, Bonner. So Cherney did an article, and by his own self admission, you know he wasn't playing well. And but he was he looked slow, and he looked all of the bad things that you you look when you're moving towards the end of your career. Now, bless Chris Scott um, or Brad Scott, even because Chris plays down in Geelong, uh, coaches down in Geelong. Um, Brad, that's not the last time that's going to happen. Um, <laughs> Brad Scott. Uh, bless the man because he he clearly wants to treat the veterans and the incumbents in the position well. Like he wants to give them the opportunity to play. Still had the bravery though to name him sub. And, and that's the- that's the thing, right? And that, that's the extra piece is that that man deserves a lot of respect for what he's done for the club and how he's blood, sweat and tears played for 200 plus games for the club, right? He deserves it. Now, 
to name him as sub, it would have been an interesting conversation to have mm. with a bloke that's played 200 and captained. Um, but Hep's being Hep's, and I'm wondering if anybody would think that he would he would do otherwise. Hep's being Hep's fulfilled the role, which he's done since his career started, fulfilled the role the club needed him to fulfill. And he came on, and I stand corrected. The guy looked good. He looked like he was on top of the ground. He was effective by foot. He was 100% effective, if you don't mind. He was defensively really good, too. And he was defensively good. He looked like the player that is his experience uh, showed in the game, and he looked like the player that we were expecting him to be this year. So massive shout-out to Hepps, mate. You Well done. You, you can only – like, you, you, you took that role. There have been players younger and fitter and faster than you, mate, that have been a sub for us and haven't really sort of had a massive impact. So he a massive shout-out to him. But then another shout-out too, and I, I don't do this as, as, as often as I should – I'm a I'm an old defender from way back, South Croydon Footy Club. Um, old defender. Um, I love the defence of a of a club. It's it's bloody hard, right, to do and to do well. If there's one footballer at the AFL in the Essendon of the AFL, the Essendon Footy Club that I would like to be, and if there were duffel coats who I'd probably have on my jumper, is Jordan Ridley. Mm-hmm. I, he is the most unassuming. You don't see him interviewed. You don't see him kicking barrels from outside 50 and stuff, but he just consistently performs for us and performs well. Another good game on the weekend, 21 touches across halfback, um, seven marks, and just 85% efficiency. I just think he's he's the most underrated player at our club by a long way. Well, I think he's rated, but he's just oh, he's unassuming. Rated, but, yeah, unassuming. Yeah, well, that's even better. I just think he doesn't get the recognition the man deserves. So um, well done, Rids. And look, lastly for me, uh, before we go to a break, I will say, as far as consistency, Sam Draper's in with in. Oh, actually, boy, did I miss uh, well, Andrew look, Phillips? Look out. Andrew Phillips. Oh, oh Andy God. Phillips. Yes. Oh my goodness, I'll, I'll kill myself if I if I uh, didn't. Uh, I shouldn't say language like that, but I I'll do that, punish no. myself I would, uh, yes. if I uh, if I didn't Flagellate. mention. Him. Both him and, and Sam up. Draper worked fantastic, and that's a that's a little mix you can't get rid of. I don't think. A big, I mean, what a big inclusion that ended up yeah. being. Andrew Phillips at the last minute uh, coming into the side. His first half was he's, he was he's a talented guy in the first half. It Hugely was, talented, uh, and maybe should have been in the votes to be. You know, Robert Shaw rightly on Twitter said you know probably should have been in the coaches' votes. He thought because uh, his his importance was so big. But then Sammy in the second half started to do that role as well and became really dangerous. Again, scored and had a few more shots on goal. Um, so both of them, I'm just liking Sammy's. Uh, I'm finding that he's not dominating, but he's in the game a lot more every week than I've seen, and he's just he's that little centre drive that he has. We just I know he just wheels the when ball it hits forward. the ground, he moves yeah. it forward. That's yeah, yeah it's really helping out and. Uh, so, look, our two rucks, uh, all credit to them. Uh, you know, we've got Grundy this week with Max going out. And, you know, if anyone knows Andrew Phillips' history with Grundy, remember with Collingwood, he actually destroys him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it, please put him in, <laughs> keep him in the side <laughs> this week. Cause, uh, I hope, Hopefully his baby hope, gives him some sleep. Yes, I hope someone historically, like a G or someone's told Brad Scott, by the way, 
Uh, when we've played <laughs> Grundy. Gr- Grundy don't like him. Phillips jumps into his body very early yeah. and shuts him down. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I credit to the, the two Ruckman. But, uh, yeah, it was – yeah. Really good performance overall. Um, Mate, great performance. Like you said, great performance. Should have, yeah, should have won by six or seven goals, sure. But a win's a win. Uh, can't ask much more than that, mate. You, you will pretty much control the game throughout the whole but, over, over the ground. But yeah, we'll, for the last four weeks, we've said, "Oh, big game, big solid game." And now it's a solid game. It's going to show us where we are. Big game, big game. It, it starts this week. And it genuinely <laughs> starts this <laughs> week. Right? Big, big game. Big, big, big game. But only to. I mean, it's not a to get us into a granny. But it's it's a big game to show us where we're it's at. It's a big midfield game for me. Yeah. Like it's like. This is where's our midfield at? Can they can they match it? Um, yeah. Look, no doubt when I'm looking at the weather, I I have to be honest and say hard to mouth a little bit because our wet weather footy was not exactly we haven't our strong point set the world on fire and you know the the big bodies of Oliver and Petrarca and that I'm I'm slightly concerned but uh, just but take just take so, the game man. just yeah I mean obviously they're rightly us, so but but just take the game on I want to see a high pressure. Uh, take the game on uh, and just go for it. I'll accept that. You know, if we win, I'll really accept that. Uh, but just <laughs> I want to just see – I think Essendon fans just go again. It's been four games. You've been really competitive all four games. Now make it five. Just keep going. Be really competitive. Uh, and that will just drive a more sustainable culture, just being that consistent competitive attitude going out or running out each, each week. Uh, that's what fans want to see, and that will eventually, when you have those top end picks that are out injured with the Cox and Reed and Sardis and uh, and all those guys and Hobbs, even um, when they start getting, you know, next couple of years uh, start to come through the team, and hopefully that talent can start to shine. They know the culture yeah, that they, they need know to the develop culture. To. It's been yeah. set, and that's what you want. So, and a perfect ending before we go to a break. What is? Oh, I thought oh. you'd just... Oh, just sorry. The summary there for you. I ruined that moment. To go to the break. I ruined that moment, didn't uh, I? We've completely ruined the moment. So, and a perfect ending to go to a break. We'll see you when you come back. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now then, Scotty. Okay, let's uh, – I wanted to talk about something because normally a person who doesn't watch uh, Footy Classified, right, I can't – it's not a big well, show of mine. Uh, yeah, sometimes it has a little bit of intrigue, but there's I – There's no oxygen in the room. Because, yes, but yeah. the personalities are not my favourite. Nope. I get I get their talk meant to be controversial and that's their Shtick. rhythm. And I, look, I also get the you don't have to watch it if you don't want to watch it. So yeah. I get that. That's you can the, also – it's also okay to hate them. <laughs> but that's their show, right? And, and obviously Brad Scott – was on for the whole show. So it, it did have some intrigue because I think just historically with our previous coaches, I was interested to see how Brad Scott, because you knew there was going to be gotcha questions. You knew there was going to be the Sheeds. You knew there was going to be yeah. the Dora Mani and And, and, you and so know. Merritt doesn't run both ways. He did it again on the weekend. Is that acceptable? <laughs> yeah, that's that kind of gotcha stuff. Yeah, so I wanted to go through just some sound bites and, and just why I was really, really impressed with Brad Scott and – 
Joy, boy, he's giving me a lot of faith for the future. And uh, he's becoming um, not shitty-esque, but he, because oh, he's got a lot of experience and, and obviously he's done a big role at the AFL, he's got a big voice. I think we needed this at this club. We had to have a, a big, strong figure as the yeah. coach uh, because I think it feels like it's field trading down the club and whether it be off-field and on-field. Um, and he's setting clear things. And look, just one example. So there's obviously reports about Josh Marnie, for example, and Dodoro, uh, and not getting along, and not always getting along. And he and he really, really addressed he addressed that. Uh, he was really, you know, obviously said, you know, Vozo will have a look at that. Um, but you know, they're still working very much fine uh, and constructively. But yes, and he has, and he He's said, look he, at and basically said, look, it's fine for for people to actually have disagreements, you know, that's a healthy yeah, thing yeah. as long as it doesn't get brought in into meetings yeah. and those sort of things. So uh, he, he kind of spoke about that well. Um, what what he did do, uh, Hutchie just asked him about the, the rumour that was going around about team selection, about Scott addressing many, many voices trying to select the side yep. or in the selection committee. One, it was interesting that he acknowledged it and accepted it as true. And, and if anyone who watched it, and I'll play the sound clip as well. It definitely feels like, yeah, okay, this he's acknowledged that, that yep, it was an issue. I just liked the strength he spoke about it, and I couldn't help feel like he was, it was just talking down the camera to us just in the club a little bit as well, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and just to remind, and it, it, and he's there's a bit of a feel like reminding people who's the boss, um, and and what he wants to set up will be his setup, and and. Whereas Essendon historically has probably been accused of being a boys club and those boys being, you know, whether the CEO gets involved in trade and contract talks and, and, and whether the Duro may get involved in selections and that sort of, it's been, it always, there's always been a, a, a theory that there's a massive boys club at the club. Um, and just the way I'll talk, look, I'll, I'll play the clip. This is how uh, Hachi asked the question about, team selection and too many voices. This is his response. You did have to stamp your feet a little bit with match committee. It had yeah. had been a little casual. It looked like that you know Adrian had gone from time to time and Mark Harvey. And Can you step us through why the need to, to clean that up? Well, it was a pretty simple one. I mean, we, we wanted to tighten up our match committee and just have, you know, a smaller group to make those decisions. And, you know, I've really learnt through time. And in my previous role as head coach, we had a cast of thousands at match committee and I thought it was a really inefficient way of, of doing it. So it wasn't anything personal. It was just more that I want a tight group and, you know, we, we don't need to seek 15 people's opinions on who we pick. And so that's... Very calm but very strong. Yeah. And that's what I like about him. Like it's it's very blunt. Yeah. yeah, it's very – that's the perfect word. And I think it's that's even how he's – how the players are seeing his voice. Very clear. I, I, I totally understand exactly what you're saying. It's not condescending. It's not vicious. It's not nasty. It's um, no, no, we've given it thought. My previous experience and clearly the um, – Vozo thinks the same way. My previous experience is that – too many cooks spoil the broth or whatever the thing is. Um, I've got very experienced coaches. I'm a very experienced coach. You employ me to do a job. We're going to pick the team. Yeah, and it's, that's it, isn't it? It's just everyone do your role. Yeah. Uh, and that's, you know, you hear about Vozo basically saying to Dodoro and Marnie, you're reporting to me now um, and you do your role, you report to me. 
Uh, and have you heard? No one's heard anything else about that, right? No, yeah. Vozzo, being the the clearly experienced executive that he is, walked in and said, "Oh, okay, we we don't get along, do we? Fine, no problems at all. You report to me, and you also report to me. So there's your lane. Go and swim in it. There's your lane. Go and swim in it. Oh, and by the way, the head coach is picking the um the team. There's no there's no um, animosity about it. There's no walking with big stick whacking everybody going. Clear, clear structure. It's just clear structure. Uh, guys, I'm not sure what the problem is now because now you report to me and you you separately report to me. So I'll let you know if you're doing your job or not. So off you pop and do your job and then we won't <laughs> yeah. have a problem. You go we? recruit. Yeah. You recruit. You do football operations. You do footy operations. You coach and select the side. Bingo. It's so, uh, very simple. It sounds simple but it's it's – Again, you know, when we talked about changing the on-field culture, this is Scott having a big influence and Vozzo obviously changing a, a probably a very decade-long culture uh, within Essendon. Agree. That's, I think, just as critical to get right as the on-field because stability is the whole key here. Um, and, and, you know, we all heard Hills saying that the only thing he regrets is the club was never stable yeah. in his whole career. Uh, so players feel it. So stability is such a big key here. And the players will see it. Like, like you said, Hurley, Hurley felt throughout the whole career that he wasn't stable. So those kind of decisions, when they filter down and the players start hearing that there's no more 15 blokes in the selection committee, he, the, club, the players now know that it's the guys that coach him that see them the most – yeah. that know the way they're playing, that know the KPIs that they've got to hit and whether or not they hit them, that's the fair way to pick a team. And the players can have confidence in that, that they're not going to get outside forces that maybe want to influence people playing because for whatever agenda, I'm not sure, but influencing people playing, now it's the coaches looking at each other and going, who's the best team to beat um, the Ds this week? I, I reckon yeah. it's great. I reckon it's a, it's a really good example of how to be a confident Executive to walk in and go, cool. Now I'm the I'm the the I'm the biggest title in the room, um, and I've just very calmly and very clearly, you're reporting to, just to, to take all of this away. You report to me. Now you report to me. Now you go and select the the um the team. I, I'm not sure what the problem is from now. No more problems. Excellent. Let's get back to work. <laughs> no. Uh, basically, this is your strength. You do your role to your strengths. That's the message. Absolutely. So. Uh, so I found it, look, just on the, on the more the amusing side to me from, I guess, having a strong coach too where you always wonder how he's going to handle media because Essendon are a club that gets the gotcha moments and get attacked. They want to. So Cornsey obviously brings up merit not running defensively. And, you know, I will say this in a weird way. Credit to Cornsey because he did it in front of him. Like, yeah. So it's like a little bit of... He's not showing he's coming not forward, shy. that bike. Yeah. Uh, but, you know... Uh, I guess have a listen to I guess Scott's response about uh, about merit not following his man defensively down the down the ground. Now Zach Merritt said pre-season he wants to be the best defensive runner in the game, Brad. This isn't the best defensive runner. Ball in dispute. In fact, I reckon Gold Coast have got it. He's gone. He's thinking goal. He's thinking, oh, I'm going to win the footy. His direct opponent just kicked the footy inside 50, Callum Ward. And guess who bobs up inside 50 and marks the footy? It is Callum Ward. So Zach Merritt was good. I think he's having a good season, but he's still learning that defensive aspect of the game. Is that fair? Uh, no, that was structure over personnel. Ward's playing forward there. Zach's playing in the midfield. So that, that, we actually looked at that stoppage at halftime. That was a, a poor stoppage. Not all Zach's fault, but as a team, we needed to be better. 
Now, again, a interesting. Bri- a brilliant answer because one, he's just clearly looked at me as corns right in the face. No one, you're wrong because Ward was playing forward at that point in time uh, and Merritt was playing midfield. So the structure is a little bit different uh, across that. But yes, as a stoppage play, yes, we actually still could have ran better. Because, with regards to merit. Yeah, but in regards to merit, you got that wrong. But uh, yeah. but as a, as a group, yeah, we could run better. But even more interesting was we looked at that stoppage at half time and assessed it and analysed it as a point of getting it right to the second half. That's just pleasing in itself that yeah. they have that kind of detail at half time ready to tell the guys – um, and no doubt, you know, it's probably iPad footage showing them going through, hey, look at this stoppage. Cause, but the, it tells you the, the emphasis on getting this transition defence right. Uh, and, you know, it's just I thought he was really, really impressive. He's in control. In control. And that's his body language has a total in control moment. And I sense we could lose this game by 40, 50 points and he's in control. He knows exactly what had happened, why it's happened, and what he needs to do. And that comes from experience as a coach, right? Mm. Like, Truck would have probably been nervous and not quite know what to say or not quite know what to do. Brad, I think, I think Brad, I said this at the beginning of the year, I hope Brad, when he walked in the door, went, guys, there's going to be bad times. Dear Board, dear Mr. Board, um, there's going to be, and Dave Barham, there's going to be times where we get pumped. Please don't let the noise of that turn into, oh, we've got to change the coach, we've got to change the coach. So he, he can now confidently state in meetings that, yes, we, we're, we're going to be times where we're not playing as well. Yes, that was a poor stoppage. We have to be better there. But with regards to merit, he's got the knowledge in his head and the confidence to be able to look straight back at a bloke who asked that question to get a reaction out of him. And we know mm. that. He didn't fall for it. He replied and just confidently batted it away. It's great to see from a head coach. Yeah, I mean, he would have your right, you know, you'd probably say, you know, two out of ten defensive 50 transitions we couldn't get right last year. We're getting six now. Yeah. And that's the growth. Like, it's... it's, it's, it's four games. Four games. We're now doing it 30 40% better, and we're going to keep building this to get another 20 30% by the end of the year. So we're a very tight defensive team. And that's, that's what you want. You just want the journey to go up. Um, yeah. But so and look, he'll 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 the players and everyone will know it this week because it's it's a full offensive team we're playing who's a high scoring demons team, lots of weapons, uh, you know. So we'll, we'll see how we go this this week. But yep. um, I, no matter what happens, I, I I guess the more feeling is I feel like he's in complete control of what he wants and he's not going to panic at any stage. And therefore, the club is. Yeah, and and that cr- creates its own stability. Yeah. Uh, so. Lastly, look, before we go and sign off, uh, the VFL had a great win uh, yeah, absolutely. on the weekend. Uh, uh, yeah, so beating, beating the Northern Bull Ants. Uh, so that's two and one, I think. They're, they're two and one themselves. Uh, look, obviously, Hobbs had a fantastic day out. Definitely his conditions. Uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he had 30 and something like, from memory, 30 and 10 clearances or something like that. So he did... Hobbsy things, uh, and look, he. There's no doubt he's very, very close. I mean, yeah. he obviously played a lot of footy last year. I think he's the kind of player Scott, you know, would want to bring in the fast for, track. Yeah, would want to bring in. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't even surprise me with his weather conditions. He seriously thinks about him this week because he actually is a great wet weather player, and he's phys- yes, quite physical over the ball. Good, 
you know, really big thighs, so really stable, doesn't doesn't fall over. Uh, so I, very interesting pick. Uh, and look, not to count out, Will Snelling's playing some fantastic footy in the VFL. Uh, so he's he's at twenty five and ten tackles. And he's also another very influential player for us when <laughs> yeah. he's up and about. So um, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I feel like from all reports, he's fine, but you know, uh, six day break. Davey gets a stinger in his shoulder. And he had, you'd say he had a bit of a sore leg at some stage. Whether they whether they go, maybe this is a week to to rest him. Who knows? But uh, uh, the the good news is, boy, have they got some replacements? If they, you know, I know. both can play that small forward role because Hobbs did it last year. Um, play that, he could probably play medium forward role. Play, but he could play it really well. He's a really good pressure player. We all know Will Stanley can play that role more than fine. Um, so, look, really good options to have. They may want some stronger bodies. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Davey just has a, a week off. And, I think and so, the, if it's going to be wet. And, and they have the a right Hobson Snelling in yeah. just to get some strength over the ball. Yep. Um, and, obviously, they have that flexibility too to play through the midfield if they want. So, uh, yeah, interesting selection again coming up on, on Thursday night. So We can't uh, say get down there. or well, we can, but you're going to have to jump on a plane or <laughs> – yes. Head to border town and whatever. So, but it, support for the for the boys if you're watching it on TV, of course. Yeah, it was a three forty game last night on Saturday. So, uh, yeah, we'll be watching on TV. We'll do Absolutely. Our, the hot fat footy snacks. Uh, not to plug too much, but we'll do our instant reaction straight after the game on Patreon. No, you can plug. See, these are what people say we shouldn't plug. <laughs> I mean, I'm you don't plug. Show this way. Hey, no, it's Patreon. We got a Patreon. Um, uh, Patreon.com forward slash lunchtime catch up. Um, it's uh, four bucks fifty or whatever it is. Five dollars. It's yeah. five bucks with the US exchange rate. Yeah, the dollar's obviously not great that so we can't control. Right, so, so it's three US dollars basically, but the, it's ending up being closer to five dollars at the yeah, moment because with all the poxy. Yeah, with our exchange. But um, check it out. Um, we have um, post game reaction show um, for those that don't know. Post game reaction show straight after the game um, Thursday night team selection show, and then we get back on the Monday show. Yeah, yeah, and and I'm hoping in the next two or three days to have Paul Cousins on the line. I'll, I'm going to have a, an extended talk with him about the VFL, yeah, um, just how that's going, um, and just go through quite a number of players. I always ask him about the seniors anyway, <laughs> as well, because yeah. uh, which is really so you know that would be. But he's a, such a, a footy guy; he knows yeah. the seniors as well. That'll be a Patreon show coming up, hopefully in the next it, it, this week at some point. So, yep. uh, yeah. So, look, thanks everyone for uh, for listening to the show. Look, a the, day late. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, it was it was the four day Easter, so we all Absolutely. we're all back now. Um, <coughs> uh, so yeah, so I've enjoyed all my coughs. <laughs> yes, Grant just got his cough back, which is just, just fun. That's great. Yeah. Uh, so look, thanks everyone. Uh, really good numbers listening to the show, and, and thank you to our patreons. Uh, obviously, really big numbers, Patreon show, and and you know, so uh, if you if you want to if you want to listen to a whole heap of extra content and get some really good exclusives, then then join the join the Patreon and absolutely, um, and you get um, access to the um, Discord, Discord page as well. Yeah. So. All right, guys. Well, um, thank you very much for listening. Um, go Bombers again this week. V the D's in Radelaide. Um, and yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk to you guys very soon. Catch you guys. <laughs>